0: Welcome to the Bare Naked Health Podcast, where I interview health and wellness practitioners across the globe to see what sets them apart. You will find out why they not only teach and talk about health, but how they walk the walk as well. If you ever wanted to see what others are doing on a daily basis to get healthy and be able to implement in your life, then you're in the right place. Also, I'd like to invite you to go over to barenakedhealthpodcast.com and take your free brain health quiz today. To see where the health of your brain lies, and for taking the quiz, you will get a copy of my book for free, The Four Morning Secrets to Perfect Brain Health, shipped to your door. Hey guys, I'm your host, Nick Horowski, and welcome to the Bare Naked Health Podcast, episode number 32. In today's episode, I interview Ironman and personal trainer extraordinaire, Andrew Johnston. Be sure to stick around for the end to hear why Andrew stresses biochemistry for nutrition instead of pseudoscience, how he fuels for races, and what he learned from his biggest teacher, chronic myeloid leukemia. Alrighty guys, welcome to another episode of the Bare Naked Health Podcast and on the show today I have Andrew Johnston. And Andrew, first question that I ask everybody here is, tell us about your health journey in 10 sentences or less. Let's hear the concise, right down to the point, where are you coming from?
1: Former professional cyclist, uh, after three, triath- uh, three concussions, discovered triathlon, as a better line of work for me. And, uh, unfortunately then was diagnosed in 2004 with what's called CML. Uh, that was a health wake up call to counter that. I then had to really get into the, the holistic living, if you will, and be almost perfect with nutrition, lifestyle, exercise, etc. recovered my health, recovered my athletic ability, and hopefully I'm using that now to teach and guide others.
0: Wow. That, that was fantastic. Very, very concise. And. Well I'm I'm interested in uh, we want to explain a little bit more like what CML is. I'm not sure what that stands for.
1: Yeah, it's um it it stands for chronic melogenous leukemia. Okay. And it it is a type of leukemia where the white blood cells uh proliferate and crowd out the other cells and eventually become life-threatening. I mean, the prognosis used to be 3 to 5 years.
0: Oh, wow. Okay. Uh and how So I know there was a documentary about this then, Living is Winning. And how have you overcome like all these health obstacles? How have you used that, uh, like the CML, as just a teacher in your life then? (laughs) That's a good
1: question. I mean, let me put it this way. It's taught me on so many different levels, including there was a time where I wasn't terribly happy with anything less than first place, whereas now, to tell you the truth, Uh, I'm happy just to be able to toe the line. You know, (laughs) there are a lot of people in my condition that aren't, you know, they aren't blessed with the health to go do a triathlon. They aren't blessed to be able to get out of a chair even. So it kind of puts things in perspective. And then it also allows me to then talk with clients and maybe help them put in perspective some of the health challenges they're facing because regardless of whether your challenge is leukemia or whether your challenge is a hurt knee, it's still a challenge that you have to face and then overcome, and how you deal with it is is ultimately up to you. Um, so its I tell everybody, your reality is your reality, and it's neither less nor more than anybody else's reality. So you still have to deal with it,
0: if that makes sense. No, that, that actually makes a lot of sense. I I like that because no matter what, we all go through struggles. They all seem... Yeah. Probably insurmountable at times, but we we do our best to overcome them. And I mean, when you you come up with against more of a an Everest of obstacles in that point, but you seem to be doing just great with it. And you said like you have to be spot on with things. So what is uh, being spot on for you with your nutrition habits, with your sleep habits, or whatever it is that you uh, really have to be? What does that entail in your life?
1: Well. There is the, that that sweet spot, if you will, where you know less is not necessarily more, more is not necessarily less, and yet people tend to go to extreme. But I tell you straight up, health is never found at the extremes. In fact, the closer you get to to the edge, the easier it is for somebody just to touch you and you you're pushed over and you've lost <laughs> your balance. So I, I don't care whether it's thinking, I don't care whether it's breathing, nutrition, hydration. You do too much, you do too little. That's not where health is going to be found, and that's. That was the whole premise behind my book spot on is that there is a nutritional way to approach health and it's, it's usually fairly moderate in nature, uh, almost like Taoism, uh, if you will, the middle way. And as long as you don't deviate from that middle way, you're going to be good to go or at least be able to better respond when life throws you that curveball and almost takes you off balance.
0: I, I, I love that. The, how Again… Not going to the extremes on health. I mean, so often now it's well, you have to go to the extreme, otherwise you're not going to be healthy. But that twisting it that way and saying no, you have to be centered, balanced for it. Uh, otherwise, the slightest breeze will just knock you off the cliff. Um, exactly.
1: And, and if I yeah, can elaborate please. on that, just to give you an example. So when I was a professional cyclist, I was incredible at riding a bicycle, relatively speaking. Uh, but I remember living over in Spain, and one of my friends needed me to give him a push start on his motorcycle. So I I ran behind for literally about 25 meters. And literally the the next day, I could barely walk because I was so incredibly sore. So here here I am, a professional cyclist whose body gets orthopedically destroyed with 25 meters of running. So am I healthy? Not really. Now, can I ride the heck out of a bike? Yes. But that's because I was at the extreme level of – being able to ride a bike, but I couldn't do anything else. And I even joke about going grocery shopping or Christmas shopping with my wife. And again, she's probably got pretty good endurance with that, but I would have to sit down <laughs> after five, 10 minutes because I just couldn't keep up with her.
0: Okay, I, so that's something I would have never uh, realized. I guess I've never been quite to that extreme it, when it comes to exercise at least. Um, but I, I can absolutely appreciate that. I can understand where, yeah, you were Basically so good at doing one thing and one thing only probably that anything else, like you said, just orthopedically wrecked you. That's exactly. incredible. Exactly. Uh, I, I would love to talk about uh, your books a little bit too, because uh Holistic Respiration, I read that. Spot on Nutrition, uh, I read that. I didn't get to read the Holistic Strength Training for Triathlon. I'm not a, not a triathlete, but I still imagine there's going to be a lot of good pointers in there for me. But yes, the Spot on Nutrition was, I, I would say actually this has been my nutrition book of the year that I've read. I I thought this was fantastic. Like it was actually very funny. There were great points in there a lot. And I would love you to elaborate then maybe like, uh, because I, I know what I got from it, but what, what is your eating philosophy look like then? If you looked at, because that's what this is about kind of getting to know the individual. And I know you tried to spell it out so that everybody could kind of, find their own way with that again, finding that middle path. But what is that middle path, at least for nutrition, come down to for you then?
1: Okay. Honestly, the, 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 first thing I think is figuring out whether your definition of healthy is correct. And I think unfortunately mainstream has been so inundated with misinformation that we're getting swept into a flood of, of just complete crap and no wonder we're getting farther and farther away from health until we can't even recognize it anymore. So, it, it, it's, it's defining again what is, what is, what is healthy and, and dispelling the, the myths that saturated fat's bad for you, that sugar's bad for you, that salt's bad for you, and all these things are bad for you, and all this other stuff's healthy for you. Maybe that's not the case. And ultimately, N equals 1. So you can look at all these studies. You can, you can read the research, but you need to eventually try it on yourself. And if it works for you, well, then you know you found the truth. But again, most people are just so so unhealthy uh, that they don't know what health is and and they think to wake up in the morning and feel tired and have pain and and can't go to the bathroom and, you know, that that's normal. And and no, it's not. And once you start to realize what healthy is, it it starts to feel good and your body recognizes it for what it is.
0: So what is is healthy for you? How would you define it, uh, at least for yourself? Where you are... Thinking, literally, <laughs> thinking, moving,
1: feeling healthy and happy, clear, with with no animosity and anger and, and uh, what, resentment. You're just ready to take on the world and you literally want to share and spread that love with everybody out there. And the healthier you get yourself, the healthier you end up getting the world. I mean it's the the – rising tide bringing up all ships you know um and i know that's kind of ambiguous to say but you you should feel great you should feel like you're ready to take on any challenge right when you wake up in the morning
0: that that sounds fantastic i mean i know when i woke up this morning i knew i knew i was getting on interview with you i knew uh earlier today i went to the farm took the dogs with me i mean i have another interview coming up later and like i said it's just I feel great. I, I, I love doing it. I'm excited to do it. And you said it's sharing that with the world. That's what it's all about. I, I think that's a fantastic definition of really what healthy is. Exactly. I think a lot of people can learn from that too, because I, it, it seems that many people have trouble. Uh, like, you, I, I think you'd elaborated slightly. Like they can't really tell what health is. They're not sure what that feels like, but I think the, the way that you just shared what healthy is for you, I think others can appreciate that. And if they're not hitting, each of those points, they can look uh, maybe into themselves to try and see, well, what, what one of those things am I missing and try and find out what that path would be for themselves. Right. And, and, and
1: that's one of the cool things about my job, your job, is that the body is such an integrated unit that it, any one thing you do is going to impact it all. So it makes it challenging to figure out what may be causing. A particular issue, but it also makes it very easy because I don't care what the issue is, but if I just get you to start drinking the amount of water that's appropriate for you, that one thing is going to improve everything else. Will it be what tips the scale in your favor? Maybe not. Maybe we then need to add proper sleep, proper thinking, proper breathing. Who knows? But it all works towards one direction or the other. So the snowball goes in both directions, it can either go uphill or downhill. And you're the one who's putting it in one direction or the other with what you do every day.
0: It talks about like what, what we both get to do. And you're, I know like your company's called Triumph Training. Uh, would you like yes. to expand upon on that? Like what is it that you do on a daily basis? Who are the clients that you're seeing every day?
1: Well, I, I get that question a lot. And the one commonality that my client share is that they're all good people. You know, literally. So ranging in age from eight all the way up to like I think 82 is my oldest at this point. Okay. Uh, all ethnicities, all... Sexual persuasions and religious backgrounds, et cetera. And for whatever reason, I do believe like attracts like. So the fact that all of them are good people is one of the biggest compliments I could ever have for myself. But, you know, it's, it's stay at home moms, it's professional athletes, it's people who have had major health failures with mainstream medicine or uh, other practitioners. And then they come to me and I'm able just to perhaps see a bigger picture, not that I don't refer out and network with other people because I do. And oftentimes I have to refer to my own mentors, Paul Chet, Guy Voyer, et cetera, Dan Hellman, a lot of good folks out there that I can brainstorm with. But it's never the same client twice, even if it's the same client. They're coming in and they're a different person than they were the day before. Um, so it, it makes things interesting and um, hopefully it keeps them on their toes as well.
0: And I'm, I'm sure it does because, uh, when you alluded to just, Hey, drinking the proper amount of water, well, that makes that client different the next time that you see them. Uh, yeah. and this is, this is fantastic because that's what it's about is it's, it's, and, and I think even getting to the, what is healthy, what is healthy is an ever evolving thing now too, exactly. because if if you're looking at it like that, like one thing impacts another. So somebody may think they're healthy another one day. And all of a sudden realize that, oh my goodness, there's another aspect of health that I, I'm happy because now I get to address uh, once it's uh, shared with them, once it's awoken within them. Right.
1: I have a lot of clients, Nick, that come to see me, um, major orthopedic challenges. Some of them have been non-ambulatory. And as we get them to the point where now they can start moving again, et cetera, they they come to me at first for health, and then they might stay with me for performance goals that they never really thought about when they first came to see me. So you might have somebody that's come in to overcome a knee injury that now thinks about, hey, maybe I want to do a marathon now all of a sudden. And it's because their level of health has gotten to the point where they now can start considering other challenges more than just getting out of a chair and not hurting.
0: That sounds like something very important because if, if somebody came to you and, okay, they, they finally were able to get out of the chair and they could walk to the door for the first time. Well, if they didn't want more than that, would they really be able to stay there? I mean, I feel like it's one of those, either they're going to be getting healthier or they're going to be less healthy. They probably cannot just stay stagnant at that point.
1: Yeah. Well, fitness is never static, that's for sure. And one of the things I'm trying to do with all of my clients is I'm trying to prepare them for life. So we'll do a lot of stuff that we used to do as kids, like skip or stand on one leg or any kind of like you know, catch a ball even, uh, working on coordination and your whole vestibular system, because these are the things that you need when you're out there in the quote unquote real world. And when you don't have, because you haven't used it since you were seven or eight years old, when it's called upon for you to need it, now you're going to get hurt. So, you know, I, I had, uh, somebody in here the other day and we we're just running up and down stairs quickly just to try to get the timing, the, the landing mechanics down, the coordination, the balance, Because the truth of the matter is maybe they're running upstairs because uh, they heard their daughter cry out and need in in, an emergency or whatever. They run upstairs. They slip. They hit their knee. Now they can't. Now they're hurt. I want to prevent things like that from happening. I'm trying to use all the experiences I've ever had in my life, uh, which you could look at the time as negative. But now that enough time has passed or enough distance has passed for me to give me the perspective that I really need, I can see that that was a blessing for me in my evolution. And now I can use that to help, you know, my own clients uh, might evolve in their own way. Does
0: that make sense? Uh, That absolutely does. And that actually leads into uh, a great question that that I've been actually wanting to ask. So you talk about preparing for life, preparing for performance, even beyond that. And you wrote a book, Holistic Respiration. Now you talk like Is there, especially orthopedically, like, because that's a little bit what we were talking about here. Is there anything that's more important than it's more basic than just the breathing?
1: Well, you could trump that with thoughts.
0: Okay. Yes.
1: You know, if if, if you don't want to breathe, you won't, you know? Right. Uh, And of course, thoughts determine how you're going to breathe. So if you're stressed, oftentimes you're either going to hold your breath or you're going to breathe more quickly than you should. Uh, which of course is going to have health repercussions, uh, hormonally, orthopedically and otherwise. But yes, at the top of the totem pole, as Paul Check says, you've got breathing for the most part where thoughts can kind of go up or down on that totem pole and you breathe 25,000 plus times a day. So breathing correctly is really important because if you're breathing wrong, that's a lot of breathing wrong. And most people that I assess are breathing incorrectly and, and you want to look at breathing diaphragmatically rather than with with your chest not that the chest doesn't move but it shouldn't necessarily initiate that and there's a hormonal as well as an orthopedic response when that happens you want to breathe nasally and you want to breathe uh slowly and deeply uh, the average breathing rate that i come across is somewhere in between 16 and 22 breaths a minute however optimal is between 6 and 10 And the funny thing is, a lot of people don't understand this. There's what's called the Bohr effect, B O H R. And the delivery of oxygen is predicated on the presence of carbon dioxide. But when you're breathing more quickly, you're expelling carbon dioxide. Therefore, that oxygen molecule basically doesn't get delivered like it should. So you're actually making the breathing worse by breathing more quickly. You think you're oxygenating their system, but you're not.
0: Now, what is your personal breathing practice? Do you have something where you just will set aside five, ten minutes a day to just focus on your breath?
1: I try to be cognizant of my, my breathing all the time, especially when it comes to athletics, you know, because um, it's, it's a huge uh, predictor in aerobic exercise about what you can and can't do. That being said, some of my best breathing uh, focus sessions is when I'm actually doing something like Tai Chi or meditation, which I think is, is something that most people don't take the time to do. <laughs> and yet, there, there's an old adage that you should sit in meditation for 20 minutes a day. And if you don't have the time to sit and meditate 20 minutes a day, then you should meditate for an hour a day. Right, uh, <laughs> which, is, which, which is true. And Paul has been a big proponent of of working in and and the inner work that you do rather than the working out. And I I even espoused it for a while to my clients before I started to doing it myself. But once I started doing it myself in 2012, was when I really just you know, did it every day. I did 100 days of meditation as a gong so that it became a a practice of mine. When I started doing that, I was like, man, why didn't I do that before? Because the change was unbelievable. And I think that's one of the reasons why at the age of 40, I was able to win my first Ironman.
0: Which is winning an Ironman is an impressive feat in itself. But Forty, truthfully, is in that type of uh, setting is probably considered to be uh, fairly old. I'm guessing. Yeah, perhaps. Yeah, Uh, yeah. So that's now okay. Then let's let's even talk about uh, performance here a little bit because one of my previous guests, uh, Steve McCarry, he asked me, he 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 he, uh, said, um, who who or asked him who would I want to hear or who would he want to hear on the show, and your name came up. So. He was asking, How do you fuel for your races? Like, what is your maybe pre, uh, peri and post workout or fueling for races or whatever it is look like? Even
1: well, I think personally that the most important meal before a race is the one that you're doing all the time throughout your life. You, you see what I'm saying? So, if, it's, if, a lot of people talk about, oh, okay, it's race week, so I'm going to dial in my nutrition, or it's race day, and I'm going to dial in my nutrition. Well, your performance out there in the athletic arena is predicated not on what you're doing then but what you've done leading up to the event. So You, you can't fix years and years and years of crap with one week, one month, whatever, <laughs> of doing it right. But so my, my, my dietary habits don't change when I'm racing. I, it's, it's the same thing I do day in, day out, and it's, 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 it's in my book, Spot on Nutrition. It's, it's what I think – Uh, health is and honestly the funny thing is so you can take research and you can distort it any particular way to promote an agenda or otherwise but if you look at the biochemistry you can't really change the biochemistry it's just most of us don't care to look at it don't want to look at it we don't look at it but biochemistry doesn't lie science is usually pretty black or white about things and I think that's one of the reasons why I was able to do as well as I did again at the age of 40. Yes, I did the working in stuff with my my mental, emotional work and my working, uh, the the, the parasympathetic nervous system, getting digestion repair to really work for me. But I looked at nutrition and I got really anal with nutrition that was digestible as far as a human's concerned, because I'm not a ruminant herbivore. So I, I eat ruminant herbivores and that, that's, that's me getting nutrition to my cells because if I get my cells to get the nutrition they need, body's doing well. And, and that's that's one of the keys to nutrition in general, I think.
0: That, that was actually one of the you, – you answered one of the questions I had for you, which is talking about like the tainted research because you can pretty much find research that proves one side of a coin or another about just about anything you want. But yeah. I love how you, you – you even answered it there then, but if you just – Flat out look at biochemistry, well, not a lot is changing with biochemistry i mean it's it's pretty well known I mean sure new things are going to be figured out there's going to be little tweaks on this and that, but we we don't change that often, so looking at it from that standpoint is I think a pretty tough point to argue with,
1: yeah, yeah, and it's another thing that kind of speaks kind of like just to the basics. I get a lot of people coming to me taking this supplement, that supplement, but you know are are they breathing correctly? Are they drinking enough water? Are they eating enough food, the right food, et cetera? You know, everybody's going to bells and whistles first, but there's so much power in the basics, the, the six foundational principles that Paul Check talks about, thinking, breathing, drinking, eating, movement, and sleep. You get those working for you, 90% of the time, everything else is going
0: to take care of itself. Now, if somebody's looking to, because I know if I don't ask this, somebody's going to say, well, hey, well, why didn't you still ask him about supplements? What's your take on it? I mean, even for yourself, are, are you using anything? Uh, is there anything specific? And I want everybody to understand, though, too, even before you would answer this, that this is making sure, like, Andrew has this all dialed in already. He's not going and just starting with these supplements if, he has, if he's taking any and then just thr- sprinkling in the basics. No, the basics are already done here.
1: Exactly, exactly. Yeah, so what's my best supplement? Food, first and foremost. Um, but I do think, universally when I'm working with uh, a client and they're asking me about supplements one of the supplements that I recommend almost always across the board especially during certain times of year like it's October we're heading into the winter months now vitamin D3 Um, I would typically couple that with K2 because K2 will help keep calcium where it needs to be rather than where it doesn't need to be which is what happens sometimes with excess vitamin D but that's first and foremost sometimes with a lot of people magnesium uh... and then across the board too for the most part especially when i'm dealing with people who are 18, 19, and older you know past the age of puberty if you will we need we need to get that amino acid profile a little bit more balanced a little bit more spot-on and so i steer them away from all the, the the muscle meats and the whey proteins and stuff like that and try to balance out their amino acids so that we're getting more proline and alanine and glycine and we get that from gelatin and bone broth and the foods that we used to eat 100, 150 years ago, but now we don't. We just throw that away because that's junk, and we eat the, just just the muscle meats, and that's that's a problem, and then I think it's a problem as far as our health's concerned. So those, you know, vitamin D3, K2, magnesium, and gelatin on some level, those are some very powerful ones for a lot of people.
0: And what's your take on using uh, the gelatin versus the collagen? Do you... Do you have a distinction? Do you use one or another or I, one at certain times?
1: Yeah, I, I use both. I mean, for convenience sake, which we got to be careful with that because the, the big C these days isn't cancer. It's, it's convenience in my opinion. Um, <laughs> well, this is the truth.
0: But, I, I'm not arguing that. I, I like that actually a lot. That's very uh, good.
1: <laughs> for, for convenience though, I oftentimes use uh, the Great Lakes gelatin in a, in a smoothie, yeah. um, but I make my own bone broth. And that's, I mean, I'm, I'm the cleaner in our house. My wife cooks, I clean, Mm but I can make the bone broth. So if I can make it, anybody can make it. And I, and I put the recipe in my book, but that's, that's where you're getting not just the amino acids, you're getting some good solid minerals and it's, you're getting a lot more quality nutrition and it's not expensive at all. So that would be my preference for most people who are going to start to explore this avenue as far as health is concerned.
0: Plus, I, I just think it's delicious Uh, myself. I, I can just, especially in the wintertime, uh, a little, like a nice warm yeah. mug of that first thing in the morning actually really hits the spot for me.
1: Exactly. Exactly. And man, I bet your health just uh,
0: loves it. You can, I, and again, I try and appreciate my food. I try and feel what it's giving me. And talking about feeling that health, just feeling that love, I don't know. There's something about it. Like you just holding that mug and just drinking it there first thing in the morning. Uh, which is actually, that's my preferred time to have it. And I just, I, I, feel good doing it. I really love it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And you know, you just said something too, Nick, that reminds me. So we're, we're, we're almost programmed by a lot of misinformation, which becomes true only because our minds believe it to be true and you are wearing your most dominant thoughts. So whatever is is you're thinking, you're manifesting. So what I'm getting at, as far as your food's concerned, a lot of people are just eating this food completely unconsciously, or they might eat something and think it's bad for me. Well, if you think it's bad for you, then it's probably going to be bad for you. But what I like to do with my food is I sit down and I put my hands over it and I close my eyes and and basically say a a prayer, if you want to use that term. But I just acknowledge the sacrifice that has gone into bringing that food to my table, both the animal, the farmer, whatever. And, and the energy I try to honor by bringing that into me so that I can then manifest health and help heal the world. And I think if more people would sit down and kind of do that with their food, it, it would allow whatever energy is in that food to uh, invigorate them rather than bring them down. Uh, I even have a client who was telling me he was raised on a farm and his dad was incredibly mean to the cows that they raised and that the meat – always tasted like crap. Well, well, no wonder. He's treating these cows horribly, and if you look at how we treat animals today on these you know, big agri-farms, et cetera, that, that's just another reason why we need to get our uh, holistic um, farms and the way we used to farm and, and raise animals back and then honor that food when it's our plate so that we can then have that food become part of us in a way that we want it to rather than taking on that negative emotions and energy does that i know that sounds crazy but it's it's my belief system and if it's my belief system that's what works for me
0: okay even talking a little bit about your belief system then i'd love to expand upon that so what does health look like for the world or what is your vision for a healthy future i mean 10 years from now 100 years from now how would you be able to encompass that what is that vision for you
1: you know i I told you that my clients they're all good people and so I surround myself by a lot of people who are like-minded and, and tend to think at least a little bit like I do after maybe spending enough time with me where they're influenced. And so they start recycling. They start buying organically. They start thinking about treating their fellow human as a, as a human. Um, so it's very easy for me to think that we're headed in that direction. I also don't watch a lot of news, and so I know that that's almost the exact opposite message of what you get when you watch News, TV, and 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 this this bad information that's out there. I'm not saying that acknowledging that bad exists in the world isn't okay. I acknowledge it, but I don't want to focus on it. I don't want to be the guy that's driving down the road and I see a wreck on the side of the road and I'm gonna just rubberneck and look at it. I want to acknowledge the rest wreck, say a prayer for it, and then move on so that I focus on what I want rather than what I don't want. So I guess I want more people to love but that starts with with yourself because you can't give what you don't have so if they start loving themselves with enough quality thoughts quality breathing quality hydration nutrition etc then they can have the capacity to love their fellow human and slowly but surely if if you follow like the hundredth monkey syndrome uh, sheldrake's philosophy that once a level of consciousness reaches the tipping point it brings everybody else up so back in the day the world was flat until you got enough people to think. Well, now the world's not flat; it's round. Uh, back in the day, the four-minute mile wasn't possible. You couldn't break that. One person breaks it within the next month. You've got thirteen people break it. Uh, not next month, next year. Right. Uh, so again, it's that level of consciousness. If we can raise that level of consciousness, in fact, my whole idea, you know, your, your consciousness of health reflects the health of your consciousness. If we rise that up in everybody, the the world's going to benefit. But I I need people like you. I need people like all my clients. I need people like my friends and my family to be the the ambassadors, to be the walking billboards of what health looks
0: like and what it can be and what it can do. That's why I wrote the books to begin with. That's I I love you. The what you just said, though, the walking ambassadors. When you see health, you know what it looks like. Yeah, I think that's a simple way to think about it. You can see what's healthy. You can feel what's healthy. You you ask, especially a little kid, not usually jaded. Well, less likely to be. They're going to tell you how it is. If they think somebody's fat, they're going to point it out. I mean, if somebody's sick, they're going to point it out. They they just intuitively know these things. And yet I think we we almost uh, shun that. We, we suppress that, just open thinking about it. And that's not letting that consciousness flow into the health.
1: Yeah. Well, I, I think recognizing it is one thing and then judging it is another thing. Okay. We, we get in trouble when we start judging things. And again, I'm not a psychologist. This is beyond my area of expertise, above my pay grade. But I do think it's when – I, when I first started working with clients, I found that I was not nearly as effective as I started to become when I took my judgment away. So somebody might come to me drinking Diet Coke and McDonald's and how I treated them and how I talked with them and how I tried to coach them was probably not nearly as effective as it is now because now it, just, it is what it is. And I think most people are doing the best they can with what they have. So if the information is wrong, it's like the definition of posture. Posture is the position from which movement begins and ends. But if you begin in the wrong place, you're going to end in the wrong place. So likewise, if your information is incorrect, it's hard to get to correct. Um, so all I'm doing is with these people – is I realize that I was in that same position 10, 15, 20 years ago and I can only have empathy for them and where they are and try to coach them for where they are and where they're at. And more than likely they will then evolve as well. And then we can go even deeper, perhaps.
0: That's that's a beautiful way to put it because it's it's hard not to judge. I, I, I recognize that in myself. I, yeah. I I know that uh I I try not to sound different. I try not to let maybe my physical, uh, appearance, uh, what, what I'm thinking. Um, but I do have to recognize, I, I think that's a very good point where it's what I know is not what somebody else knows. Exactly. That I have learned to be true, found true for my health. I know is true for my health and I would love to share that with them, but I cannot push that on them. I cannot, unless they, they want that help from me, unless they recognize that in me, um, I have to almost let that be.
1: Yeah. I, I agree, and that's you know, leading by example and uh, allowing people to change as and when they want to.
0: So, Andrew, I want to ask you, what is, what is one thing that you so go against the alternative health scene on? So, we're probably already considered in, in the alternative health scene, although I think it's more of the, the normal health scene. Uh, but right. again, that's, that's my feelings. But what is something that you even go against that on?
1: Say that question one more time, Nick, make it a little bit more Um, explicit. I've had three concussions. That's my I'm
0: sorry. No, no, no. I know it's, it's, it's a little, uh, it's a little out there. So if, okay, the, the alternative health scene thinks that you should get eight hours of sleep a night. I mean, do you go against something like that? Where it's, uh, if the alternative health scene doesn't agree with the food pyramid or my plate or whatever it is now, uh, I mean, do you go against even that alternative health scene on it? That's, that's what I'm wondering. Like, uh, there are a lot of things that are considered alternative health. Uh, even talking about, so, uh, well, the alternative health scene always says that sugar is bad, but I know that's something that you mentioned. Sugar is not necessarily a bad thing all the time. Uh, that's that's the kind of question that I'm asking here.
1: Yeah. Um, I, I would say my my issue with alternative health, again, if you want to use that term, is that oftentimes they'll use pseudoscience. So... I mean, like, let's look at the whole paleo movement, for example. There's nothing wrong with it. As far as diets are concerned, I think it's, from a commercial standpoint, one of the the better ones out there. Uh, They're getting pretty darn close, and yet they use a lot of um, guessing and conjecture, and they don't look at the science behind certain specifics to promote uh, certain aspects of their diet, whereas, again, if you look at biochemistry, uh, it's pretty much black or white about certain things. So the whole idea of eight hours of sleep, um, you know, great. Well, what about honoring your circadian rhythm? So eight hours from one in the morning till, uh, you know, nine in the morning is not the same as from 10 p.m. till 6 a.m., you know? Um, so maybe it's it's taking uh, that suggestion of health and dialing it in to make it a little bit more scientifically sound.
0: I think that's actually a great answer. Uh you definitely answered, uh, what in my mind the question was, because there's, there's so much that's portrayed out there as being healthy, but it doesn't always mean that it is. And that's where, again, I, I like how you come back to the biochemistry a lot. Uh, that's something, no, here's one then. Do you have any resources, anything, whether it be books, whether it be research on just biochemistry in general, or is there, uh, is there a journal, something that you follow that you think, uh happens to have better research than others, anything like that?
1: It's a great question. I mean, <laughs> I just read a lot of books, and uh, yeah. I don't really have any titles off the top of my head. I mean, not in the biochemistry standpoint, uh, but you know, I think there are certain titles that I, I would love and promote. I mean, I think Weston Price's Nutrition and Physical Degeneration is a great portrayal of how a person should eat and I think it's the Bible of nutrition and if you haven't read it go read it uh, A bit archaic and it's it's you know uh terminology but great great read I I, I cannot say enough about Paul checks how to eat move and be healthy Um when you start looking at um what actual biomechanics and other stuff look at Guy Voyer's work for sure Um and that's that's one man who probably knows the body better than anybody i've ever met which is saying quite a bit i'd say um and then honestly some of the biochemistry books out there they're all i would say most of them are are pretty darn good and and i don't know of any off the top of my head that are just outright wrong some of them are perhaps outdated but and i can tell sometimes when i'm reading them when they were written because of they may be talking about cholesterol and how well cholesterol is bad if it gets too high and HDL is the good, and LDL is the bad. And as I say in my book, there's no such thing as bad cholesterol. Only time cholesterol is going to be considered bad if it, you know, steals your car keys and then takes your car and wrecks it into an orphanage or something. You know, that's bad cholesterol. Otherwise, cholesterol is just cholesterol. I
0: I I love that, and I think those are, I I these same resources keep uh, appearing on the show. Uh, A lot of people keep bringing up the same ones, and. I think there's a reason behind that. They, they, they certainly seem to uh, speak volumes for sure. Yes. Now, what is one important question that you would want to ask yourself?
1: Well, I, I think one of the most important questions to ask oneself is what makes you happy? It's, it's actually one of the questions on my intake forms when I'm working with a client. And one of the most common answers I get, of course, is I don't know. And as I tell people all the time, there's no Google Maps for happiness. So, if you don't know what makes you happy, it's kind of hard to get happy. Um, you know, what makes me happy? Health makes me happy. Um, and I have had plenty of times uh, where I had done too much orthopedically and hurt myself, or I, I, I blew out my back in a, in a bike accident one time. Um, I, I've had three concussions, which ended my cycling career, had leukemia, have leukemia. Um, a lot of things that at the time made me incredibly unhappy because it was taking away health. So I realized through the course of those events that for me, there's nothing more important than health. And, and that manifests in a lot of different ways. It's not just orthopedic, but it's, it's how I'm thinking. It's how I'm uh, having a relationship with my wife, with my family, with my son, with my friends, my colleagues. Um, it, it, it's everything. And, and if, when those things are working for me, life's beautiful, and in general, life is beautiful all the time, man. I mean, it, even, even now when something happens, I realize it's happening for a reason, and it's, it's, it's giving me the opportunity to either address something I've been ignoring or to, to learn and evolve, and so I think of all the crap that's ever happened to me or maybe even all the crap that's ever happened to you. Well, Nick, as far as I know, you're the best Nick and the most perfect Nick I've ever met because there's no one out there exactly like you. So everything that's ever happened has brought you to where you are now. So those things must've been what needed to happen. Same thing with me, you know, whether it be parents getting divorced or whatever, I'm happy those things happen because I'm pretty happy with who I am. I'm not saying I'm perfect, but I'm pretty much perfect as far as Andrew Johnson is concerned. No one out there like me.
0: That's, that's an amazing. Another amazing response. Uh, And I think that is a a very important uh, question that very few people can answer truly and really know that, uh, feel that confidence in their answer. Um, But I I think health uh, should make a lot of people happy. Uh, And I think it can make a lot of people happy. And and I think that's part of, uh, like you said, your vision, your dream is really being able to have that health, have that love for oneself uh, to permeate the world would be a beautiful thing. Yeah, yeah. Now, I, I, again, I want to be respectful of your time here, Andrew. So I, I, there's there's two questions that uh, I'm going to ask you here in closing. So first one I ask everybody here is, who would you want to hear on this podcast? And what is it that you would want to ask them? Or what is it that you would want to hear them uh, elaborate on further?
1: Man, th- th- there are a lot of people out there um, I mean, I've already mentioned some of my mentors, uh, Paul check, Dan Hellman, even you even mentioned that you're going to talk to Jator soon.
0: Yes, I am. Is there a question a that you guy. would, is, is there something that you would like to hear, uh, from him?
1: Yeah. Uh, th- here's what I'd love to know. Uh, cause he and I took level four together. Uh, right. in level four, one of the things that's interesting just about to
0: clarify, like, uh, this is, uh, Check practitioner level four, just so everybody understands that then too. Yeah.
1: Sorry about that. No no problem. So Paul told me when, when I was about to take level four with him, that basically what he was going to do is show you that everything he taught you at level one, level two, level three was all bullshit. Excuse my French. Mm -hmm. And that, and that doesn't mean anything. And and now we're going to really get into learning. And so level four goes really deep and it goes really into the mental and emotional stuff as well. And I would love to know how Jator specifically is implementing that into his practice, because I have found that the more and better I understood that concept, the more progress I was able to make with clients. And oftentimes, unless a person ran up the stairs and hit his knee on on, on the stairs, his knee problem isn't a knee problem. His knee problem is being driven by something else. Um, and And... Even though that works hard and it's scary and it, it's still hard and scary for me. Uh I don't want you to yeah, you know, I don't want to give you the impression that I'm Buddha, because I'm not. But for whatever reason, I've had to go into myself and look and examine some things to really get past some hurdles that have been in my life. So I would love to know how Jator has implemented that information uh himself in his practice and even in his life himself.
0: Uh, I will do my best to uh to to ask him that, and uh, I I look forward to actually hearing what what his response is to that as well.
1: Cool, me too.
0: Now the one other thing uh, that I want to know is, what is the one non negotiable health habit you have that you never compromise on? But I'm going to hold you there for a second, and I'm going to ask the listeners to make sure and go and check out the show notes if they want to hear your answer to that. So give us a list, uh, where is it, where is it that the listeners can find more about you? Uh, and so that the, they're going to go check out the show notes, find all about this and hear what that one non-negotiable health habit is that, uh, that really drives you.
1: Gotcha. Well, my, my website is triumph training.com. Uh, I have a couple of books out there on Amazon, um, that you're welcome to check out spot on nutrition, holistic strength training for triathlon, um, even even the one you refer to, holistic respiration, which is actually my thesis, which is going to evolve into a better version of that book. I just haven't had the time to put it out yet. But if you want me to answer that question now, uh, is that okay? Or are we officially well? Here,
0: let's let's wrap up the show and we will uh, record that there. So again, Andrew, thank you so much, and uh, everybody, I will make sure go check out the show notes at barenakedhealthpodcast dot com, and we'll have all these links for you guys. To check out and to hear Andrew's answer to this question.
1: Cool, cool. I look forward to it.
0: Thanks for listening. And don't forget to go check on your brain health by going over to the bare health and taking the free brain quiz. By doing so, you can get a free copy of my book, The Four Morning Secrets to Perfect Brain Health, shipped to your door. Also, please head over to iTunes to give the Bare Naked Health podcast a positive comment and a five-star rating. This really goes a long way in getting the word out and helping to share the podcast with others.